Welcome to Peak Tales, a conversation about chromatography. Now here's your host, John. Hi, everyone. It's John here. Welcome back to the Peak Tales podcast. And uh, I want to make you aware as we entered here season two, we have a special promo code for you, the podcast listener. You'll have to wait to the end of the episode in order to get that promo code. So listen up. Today, we're joined by Golnar Javadi, and we're going to be talking about sample prep and filtration in particular. So let's get to this episode. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us once again here on the Peak Tales podcast. Today, I am joined by Golnar Javadi. Uh, hi, Golnar. How are you? Hi, John. I'm fine. Thank you. How are you? Uh, I am doing great. You know, this is the first time you're joining us on the Peak Tales podcast. So why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Um, okay. Um, my background, I have about 20 years of experience in teaching chemistry and working in pharmaceutical and nutraceutical companies. And I have been with Varian and Agilent combined for about 15 years now. And I have been in the role of technical support for um, consumables, and like uh, columns and chemistries and supplies. Um, here at Agilent and at my role right now, I am uh, providing technical support on the phone and by email. Um, for HPLC columns and applications, um, sample preparation products, as well as a spectroscopy supplies. Great. Yeah. So some of our listeners may have spoken to you on the phone or received some email correspondence from you in, in helping to solve their problems, right? Sure. Yeah. So today, what did you have prepared to talk about? Well, John, today I thought it would be a good idea to talk about uh, filtration and specifically particulate removal. Uh, we also have lipid removal filtration products, but uh, we can have another podcast for that. That's kind of more um, extensive um, type of a product. Um, so particulates are one of the main sources of problems in LC and GC, and they can lead to instrument downtime uh, for repair and replacement. Um, for example, for LC, one of the major headaches that we often encounter is high pressure due to the presence of particulates in the sample or in the mobile phase. And this can um, clog the column, the guard, capillaries, and other parts of the system. Um, they can also cause chromatography problems, such as a retention time shift, resolution loss, and a shorter column lifetime. Um, with GC, uh, particulates can present um, um, some problems such as uh, clogged needle, loss of sensitivity, um, increased activity depending on the type of particle, sometimes increase the activity of the column, and also it can cause retention time shift. So it's important to remove uh, particulates uh, by filtration. And filtration is really the minimum and the basic sample cleanup that you can do to protect your column and your system. Fortunately, at Agilent, we have a complete uh, portfolio of filtration products that come in a variety of formats that can fit any filtration needs. 
Um, in the Captiva line, we have syringe filters, filter vials, filtration cartridges, and plates. And we also, in our Infinity Lab line, we have inline filters as well as solvent filtration assembly that uses 47 millimeter filter discs. Yeah, I'm glad we're talking about this today, Golnar. Uh, so in my experience with HPLC, a lot of times we uh, will get a call or, or an email or some request in and they'll say the column's bad or my column's been destroyed or it's a brand new column and you know it only got whatever, 22 injections on it and already my pressure is high. And, and, and it's usually, usually one of the things that you spoke about, you know, particulates um, in either mobile phase or in sample and places like that. So you said um, you left us with this idea about the syringe filters. So how? let's talk about that a little bit. And how would you decide which one to use? Right. So in those cases of those customers, the first thing that comes to my mind is the sample. And I'm asking them, how do you prepare your sample? Because that's the, the one of the main things that can be causing um, clogging and high pressure. So and filtration, of course, is the way to go, uh, the first step to do. And um, so when you decide which syringe filter to use, um, the first thing that to, con to consider is compatibility of the filter membrane with the sample matrix. In other words, you want your sample to be able to wet uh, the membrane. For example, if the sample is in aqueous matrix, you want to go with the hydrophilic membrane, such as nylon. Um, or if your sample is in a non-polar organic matrix, um, you want to use a hydrophobic membrane such as PTFE. So once you decide on the membrane, then you need to decide what porosity to use. Um, um, in cases, and then that depends on how you're going to analyze the sample later. So if you are doing um, UHPLC and using sub two micron columns or partial columns, you know these columns usually have a a small porosity inlet for it and that can clog very easily. So in those cases, you want to use a finer porosity syringe filter like 0.2 micron. Um, and also for LCMS applications, we recommend um, 0.2 micron porosity filters. So let me just stop you there. So, so again, the take home is you always want to filter with a smaller porosity than the inlet of your, of your column, right? Yes, that is correct. If you want the, your filtration to be effective, right? Yeah. Otherwise, you're you're making your HPLC column into a filter. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yes. A very and expensive filter, right? Right. And you're wasting your money on the filter that's not really effective, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, so the third thing you need to decide is the diameter of the filter. Um, so we have like four millimeter, twenty. I mean, fifteen and twenty-five and twenty-eight millimeter filters. So basically, the larger the diameter of the filter, the higher the filtration capacity. So if you have a larger volume sample, you go with a larger diameter. Um, also, if you have a dirty sample, like it's a highly particulate laden type of a sample. You might want to consider using a dual layer um, filter. They also call it depth filter. So in this case, in these cases, you have a, a larger porosity glass microfiber on the top to capture the large particles. And then the bottom filter is, is a finer one. And so when you use this type of filter, you prevent a premature clogging of the filter. Uh, we have these in both in, in hydrophilic and hydrophobic type um, in the Captiva line. Um, also, 
when you filter the sample, you really don't want to add any contaminations to your sample, right? <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, and I need to mention that our Captiva premium syringe filters are tested for cleanliness, either by HPLC or by LCMS. Yeah, that's important to know. I, in every step of the process of sample prep, uh, there is an unfortunate opportunity to, you know, introduce contaminants. So it's good to know that uh, the, the syringe filters you're using, the, the filters, any filters that you're using uh, are clean and, and certified uh, clean uh, so that you're not, you know, introducing any more variables. Now, right. Agilent has some, some new products. Uh, we, we just introduced some new filter vials. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? I'm uh, sure. Um, so as you know, we simply launched a full line of Captiva filter vials. Um, so the filter vials are a really easy uh, and one-step way of filtering your sample. So the principle is like French coffee press. Um, so you have a vial and you put the sample in it, and then there is a plunger that has a filter at the bottom and it has a cap and scepter on the top. So what you do basically, you press the plunger gently into the vial, and so what happens, the sample goes through the filter and gets collected into the plunger. And the beauty of it is, is that once you get to this stage, we can just move the vial and put it in the auto sampler and start doing the injection. So it's really, really simple and all done in one step. So instead of having a syringe, a syringe filter, a vial, and a cap, you only use a filter vial and that's it, you're done. Also, if you want to process like several samples at a time, we have this tool that's called vial closure tool that you can filter like up to nine uh, filter vials at the same time. Um, so again, these filter vials also come in different membranes and porosities. And in order to prevent uh, mix-ups in the lab, we have this color coded. So the color of the cap indicates the type of membrane and the color of the septum indicates the, um, the porosity. Yeah, so there are a lot of different choices depending upon the matrices that you're using in your lab and, and the best way uh to get this type of information about what um you know what we offer is, is the web so you can go to agilent.com for that type of information or even just call your chemistries and supplies specialist we'd be more than happy uh, to walk you through uh, the options and there are many options so uh, you also mentioned captiva filters uh filter cartridges and plates uh, why don't you expand on that a bit yeah, so the Captiva 96 well filter plates and cartridges are also another option for filtering your sample. Um, these come in three different versions, um, the Captiva, Captiva ND, and Captiva ND lipid. So Captiva ND lipid is more for lipid removal and proteins at the same time, and we'll talk about it later in a different podcast. Um, but the other two, so Captiva filters, um, cartridges, and plates, basically they have a filter at the bottom and um, you can use it just for filtering your samples instead of like a syringe filter. Um, the Captiva ND version, which ND stands for non-drip, in addition to the filter, it also, also has a hydrophobic um, fret at the bottom that doesn't allow the solvent to drip. So the, what it does is that actually it allows you to do protein precipitation for biological samples. It allows you to do that inside the cartridge or plate. So what you do, you basically, you add the crash solvent first and then add your sample and mix it. So proteins will precipitate and then you filter it through. So 
what to use for filtering the sample through. You can use uh, positive pressure manifold, a vacuum manifold, or even centrifugation. <clears throat> we have a specially designed vacuum collar for Captiva 96 well plate. It's called Captivac. Um, this is a very simple and inexpensive way of processing Captiva filter plates. Um, you don't have to spend a lot of money to get a vacuum manifold. This color does the job very well. Yeah, and that's an important point. You know, uh, as people are looking to automate and increase their productivity, there are a lot of inexpensive tools that you can utilize that uh, will effectively filter and separate uh, your samples. And then you don't have to do any transfer. And there's another step. You know, certainly when you transfer, uh, if you have to transfer, that's another step to add contaminants. But in this case, you know, it's all done on the plate. So uh, that that is uh, that is good technology to look into if you're not currently doing that out there. So you talked a little bit about filtration options, primarily for the samples. How about sol solvents, right? Because we know sometimes there's particulates in mobile phase, and that could be a huge problem uh, for HPLC. Uh, right. So things like microbial growth in the solvent bottle, especially in the aqueous solvent bottle, and particulates that are present in, in buffers if, because maybe they're not dissolved properly or maybe when you were preparing it, um, some dust from the air was added or whatever reason. Um, also, the degrading seals in the pump and other parts of the system, they all, they're also another source of um, particulates in the mobile phase. So all of these can create um, high pressures and clogging in the system. So that solvent inlet filter, the one that falls at the bottom of the inside the solvent bottle, um, that is good for capture like larger particles because usually those filters are like 10 or 20 micron porosity, but it's not really enough to protect the column from clogging. So what you can do is we have Infinity Lab inline filters that um, you can put it um, um, after the pump, for example, to capture anything in the mobile phase or coming from the pump seals. And also you can put it between the auto sampler and, and column to capture any particulates from the sample and from the auto sampler. So basically you'll be covering all the bases to protect your column. Um, just pay attention that you know inline filter is just a filter. It's not really act, going to act like a guard because the guard has the same packing material as the column, so it protects your column from chemical contamination as well as particulates. But the filter just you know captures the particulates. So we have a lot of customers that use uh, inline filter and then the guard and then the column. Right, and that's a good combination because uh, the column is the most expensive and probably critical part of the equation there, and some very inexpensive inline filters and even guard uh, columns can really save a lot of headaches down the line when it comes to clogging of the column resolution uh, and overall lifetime you know, of the HPLC column. Right, and also... Um well, I mean, we always recommend using HPLC grade or LCMS grade solvents and water for your mobile phases. So if you use those, you really don't need to filter them. But if you are not using those grade um, solvents, you really need to filter your solvent. And especially if you're dealing with buffers and you prepare your buffers, you want to make sure you filter it before you place it into the solvent bottle. 
And for this, uh, we have uh, Infinity Lab solvent filtration assembly. Again, it, it has a different variety of membranes that come in 47 millimeter size, and you can use that to filter your solvents. Yeah, I'm thinking uh, I've had a conversation with one of your colleagues, uh, Paul Altiro. We actually had that conversation on this podcast uh, uh, about another uh, aspect that, you know, just simply good housekeeping when it comes to your mobile phases, right? You know, every so often look into the reservoirs um, and, and make sure that there's no, especially if you're using uh, aqueous uh, mobile phases and buffers, make sure nothing's growing in there, right? Uh, you know, maybe you haven't changed and freshened up those, uh, those solvents in, in a while, but just some simple housekeeping as well. Uh, because as you said, filters are great, but uh, you can quickly clog filters if you don't just take the care on the first step of filtering your mobile phase um, and, and also checking to make sure you don't have anything growing in there, uh, the old uh, HPLC terrarium, as we like to call it. Right, exactly. I mean, in some cases, you, I mean, really bad cases, you can see that it's turning cloudy from the bottom of the bottle. So another thing that helps is using um, amber bottles, uh, but then it's hard to see if anything is happening inside a bottle or not, you know, so. Right. Yeah. I mean, we can't stress enough. I mean, th this topic is very important. Um, again, maybe it's not as technical as some of the other topics we've presented on the podcast, but that's fine because uh, this is uh, something that, that people need to know, you know, the basic care and feeding of, of both the LC or the GC system. Um, and this is an important part of it. Uh, obviously, you want to walk up to your instrument you want to set up your samples, you want to inject them, and you want great results. But there's a lot that happens beforehand, and sample prep is a very important part of that step. So thank you, Golnar, for sharing this with us today. Um, it was a pleasure having you on the podcast. I'll just direct uh, our listeners, if they want to find out more information about some of the products Golnar discussed today, you can go on to Agilent.com. And uh, if you look under Sample Preparation, uh, you'll find a host of different scenarios under there. And then certainly, you know, don't be shy. Uh, give one of our uh, technical specialists a call. Uh, you can do that uh, through our 1-800 number, uh, or you can call your chemistries and supplies product specialist, and they would be more than happy to discuss what analysis you're doing, what type of preparation you might need, and uh, the best way to get that started in your lab. So thank you so much again, Golnar, for joining us today. Thank you. All right, bye for now. Bye-bye. Well, again, a very informative message today in our podcast. Again, a topic that doesn't get a lot of play, but certainly important in keeping your samples clean, uh, overall your analysis clean, and getting the kind of results that you want to achieve. So please check out our website for all the products that um, Goldner mentioned today. In fact, uh, you could use the podcast promo code on some of those items, certainly, uh, there are restrictions and limits that apply, but the promo code that I had mentioned on the top of this episode, let me give you that. It's 1599. So that's 1599. And that's for our podcast listeners. You can use that in our web store in uh, North America, or you can call up your supplies 
uh, and consumables representative and mention that promo code, promo code 1599. Again, uh, conditions, restrictions, and some limits do apply, but definitely take care of, uh, you know, take, take, make use of that, right? So uh, that you can get some of these great filtration products and improve the sample preparation within your lab. That's all I've got for now. We'll see you on the next episode of the Peak Tales podcast. Thanks for listening to this episode of Peak Tales. For more information on what was discussed today, contact your local Agilent representative or go online to Agilent.com.